Good morning, Altoona Regular Baptist Church, and welcome. It is Sunday evening, May 24th, and this is our evening service. We'll be together in 1 Kings 22. 1 Kings 22. I invite you to join me there in your Bible. If you do not have a Bible with you, I encourage you to get up, grab a Bible, turn to 1 Kings 22, and follow along as we quickly work our way through this passage, 1 Kings 22. As you're turning there, I want to turn your attention to the title of the sermon, the challenge this evening, Can You Handle the Truth? As you hear that, it may cause your mind to go back to a, to a well-known movie line. It's from the movie, A Few Good Men. And that line, that well-known line, you can't handle the truth, it's delivered at a point in the movie where it's built to the climax. And it's a courtroom drama. And it comes to the point where it's become clear that, that the defendant is the, the, the victim of a conspiracy. And so the lawyer is confronting this conspiracy and, and he says to the man on the stand, I, I want the truth. Isn't this what happened? And the man on the stand responds dramatically, famously in this way, you can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. Because it's ugly. That's not what you want to hear. I'm actually protecting you by telling you these stories. You can't handle the truth. And so we've made up a story to, to fit what really sounds good. But as we'll see this evening, as we quickly work our way through 1 Kings 22, we must value the truth, even, even when it's not what we want to hear. Because the truth doesn't change. Join me in 1 Kings 22. We'll read through the passage, and then we'll pray, and we'll jump right in. 1 Kings 22, verses 1 to 40. Now three years passed without war between Syria and Israel. Then it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went down to visit the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said to his servants, Do you know that Ramoth and Gilead is ours? But we hesitate to take it out of the hand of the king of Syria. So he said to Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to fight at Ramoth Gilead? Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people. My horses as your horses. Also Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, Please inquire for a word of the Lord today. The king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about four hundred men, and said to them, Shall I go against Ramath Gilead to fight, or shall I refrain? So they said, Go up, for the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. And Jehoshaphat said, is there not still a prophet of the Lord here, 
that we may inquire of him? So the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, There is still one man, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, by whom we may inquire of the Lord. But I hate him, because he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say such things. And the king of Israel called an officer and said, Bring Micaiah, the son of Imlah, quickly. The king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, having put on their robes, sat each one on his throne at a threshing floor at the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets prophesied before them. Now Zedekiah, the son of Kenah, had made horns of iron for himself. And he said, Thus says the Lord, With these you shall gore the Syrians until they are destroyed. And all the prophets prophesied so saying, Go up to Ramoth-Gilead and prosper, for the Lord will deliver it into the king's hand. The messenger, who had gone to call Micaiah, spoke to him, saying, Now listen, the words of the prophets with one accord encourage the king. Please, let your word be like the word of one of them, and speak encouragement. And Micaiah said, As the Lord lives, Whatever the Lord says to me, that I will speak. Then he came to the king, and the king said to him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth-Gilead, or shall we refrain? And he said to him, Go, and prosper, for the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. So the king said to him, How many times shall I make you swear that you tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? Then he said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains, as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master, let each return to his house in peace. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell you that he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil? Then Micaiah said, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the host of heaven standing by, on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will persuade Ahab to go up that he may fall at Ramoth-Gilead? So one spoke in this manner, and another spoke in that manner. Then a spirit came forward and said before the Lord, He said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said to him, In what way? So he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, You shall persuade him, and also prevail. Go out and do so. Therefore look, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets of yours, and the Lord has declared disaster against you. Now Zedekiah, the son of Chinah, went near and struck Micaiah on the cheek and said, Which way did the spirit from the Lord go for me to speak to you? Micaiah said, Indeed, you shall see on that day when you go into another chamber to hide. So the king of Israel said, Take Micaiah and return him to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus says the king, Put this fellow in prison and feed him with bread of affliction and water of affliction until I come in peace. But Micaiah said, If you ever return in peace, the Lord has not spoken by me. 
And he said, Take heed, all you people. So the king of Israel, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and go into battle. But you, put on your robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself and went into battle. Now the king of Syria had, Syria had commanded that the, the twenty-two captains of chariots, saying, Fight with no one, small or great, but only with the king of Israel. So it was when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, that they said, Surely it is the king of Israel. Therefore they turned aside to fight against him, and Jehoshaphat cried out. And it happened when the captains of the chariots saw that it was not the king of Israel, they turned back from pursuing him. Now a certain man drew a bow at random, and struck the king of Israel between the joints of his armor. So he said to the driver of his chariot, Turn around and take me out of the battle, for I am wounded. The battle increased that day, and the king was propped up in his chariot, facing the Syrians, and died that evening. The blood ran out from the wound onto the floor of the chariot. Then, as the sun was going down, a shout went throughout the army, saying, Every man to his city, and every man to his own country. So the king died, and was wrought to Samaria, and they buried the king in Samaria. And someone washed the chariot at the pool in Samaria. Then the dogs licked up his blood, while the harlots bathed, according to the word of the Lord which he had spoken. Now the rest of the acts of Ahab, and all that he did, the ivory house which he built, and all the cities that he built, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Ahab rested with his fathers. Then Ahaziah, his son, reigned in his place. Let's pray. Father, we praise you this evening for your word. That we have truth. And even this evening, as we turn our attention to the Word of God in 1 Kings 22, may you speak into each one of us. May your Spirit take your Word and apply it to each one of our lives. May you challenge us. May you confront us. May you change us for your glory. May you be honored in this time. Give me boldness to proclaim your truth this evening, Father, with clarity. And may you be lifted up. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As we work our way through 1 Kings 22, we'll see three points. Listen to the truth. Speak the truth. And value the truth. I've included a, a sheet that has an outline um, of, of the message, of the passage. I'm going to quickly work my way through this passage. I might not follow that outline exactly, um, but you have it. Uh, really, I'm going to focus on the whole, the, the, the big point here. As we come to the first 12 verses, we see this. That the first point is this, listen to the truth. Listen to the truth. The setting is given for us in the first few verses. There's been peace in the land. The king of, uh, of Judah, southern Israel, Jehoshaphat, has come up to northern Israel to meet with the king of Israel. 
So you have Ahab, the king of Israel, and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. And Ahab, the king of Israel, is sitting and, and he's thinking, this city, Ramoth and Gilead. It's a, it's a strategic city. It's just a city that, that is rightfully theirs. And yet it's in the hands of the enemy of Syria. So Ahab concocts this plan. I'm going to take it. It's rightfully mine. I'm going to go and we're, we're going to take this back. And so he asked Jehoshaphat, will you go with me to fight? Jehoshaphat says, I, I am yours. My, my people are yours. My horses are yours. We will go with you. We will fight with you for this. But Jehoshaphat says something in verse 5 that stands out. Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, Please inquire for a word of the Lord today. You see, in all his planning, and all his scheming, Ahab had not considered God's will. He had not thought, he had, he had not sought God's will. It had never even crossed his mind that he should first seek God. This is the first hint to us in this passage that, that Ahab does not value God. He does not value the truth. In fact, we see that in his response. Verse 6, And the king of Israel gathered the prophets together. But what we know, what we find out, and what is clear is that these prophets are not real prophets of the Lord. They're simply yes-men. They're men who, who tell the king whatever he wants to hear. So that he brings these 400 prophets and he asks them all, Shall I go to Ramoth Gilead to fight? Or shall I refrain? They respond, Yes, go. The Lord is with you. But Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, Listen how he responds in verse 7. Is there not still a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of him? See, after these 400 prophets have agreed, after they've all said, yes, this is the word of the Lord, Jehoshaphat can tell. Ahab doesn't really, isn't really seeking the Lord. These prophets aren't really speaking for the Lord. This is a charade. Isn't there someone, a real prophet, who can speak for the Lord? This is serious. Let's inquire of him. And the king of Israel, notice the response here. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, There is still one man, Micaiah, the son of Inlaw. He does speak for the Lord. We could inquire of him, but, but I hate him. I hate him because he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. I almost picture Ahab here as a, a child. He's just he's, he's stomping his foot and he's throwing his fists. I don't like him. He's mean. Brings to mind pictures of, of my kids. They started saying this thing. I, I, I tried to stop it. I told them we don't say that we say nice things to each other. But when they get really mad if their brother or sister is not sharing, they'll say, I'm never speaking to you again. You're mean. 
That's what Ahab sounds like here. He's such a child. I hate him because he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. Ahab doesn't like him because Micaiah tells the truth. You see, the first evidence here that Ahab does not value truth at all is that he's not even willing to listen to the truth. He surrounded himself with, with men who will tell him what he wants to hear. And to Ahab, that's his truth. That's what he wants to listen to. I don't want to hear what God says. I don't want to hear truth. I want something that will make me feel good, that feels right. Brothers and sisters, I would challenge you this evening that someone who only tells you what you want to hear is not someone that can be trusted. In fact, I would submit this evening that Micaiah loves and cares for Ahab more than those 400 prophets. Because it is not loving to flatter or to lie. It's loving to speak the truth. And Micaiah cares enough to speak the truth. Jehoshaphat recognizes how ridiculous it is what Ahab says here. He says, let not the king say such things. Do not ignore God's prophet simply because you don't like his message. Value the truth. Value what he speaks. Listen to him. Take it into consideration at least. So the king relents. Bring Micaiah, the son of Imlah, quickly. Bring him. And so they go, and they get him. And while they're going and they get him, in verses 10 to 12, we have this scene where Jehoshaphat and Ahab are sitting on a threshing floor. And Zedekiah, apparently the, the head of these 400 prophets, speaks. He gives a, a, a prophecy. He puts on these, these horns that he has made. And he says, with these you shall gore the Assyrians. He's doubling down on his prophecy. He sees an opportunity here. You, you Listen to us, king. We'll tell you what you want to hear. You're going to win. And he does it in dramatic fashion. But he's not speaking the truth. Because Ahab doesn't want to hear the truth. He's not willing to to listen. Listen to the truth. Secondly, in verses 13 to 28, speak the truth. It's in these verses that we meet this Micaiah, this prophet, messenger of the Lord, gone to Micaiah and spoke to him. And hear this. 
Hear this, the messenger that, that, that had been sent from Ahab to go and to get Micaiah, he comes, and this is what he says. Now listen, Micaiah, listen, the words of the prophets with, with one accord encourage the king, so please, let your word be like the word of one of them. Speak encouragement. This time, just this one time, can't you speak encouragement to the king? Can't you agree with those 400 other prophets just this once? In a sense, it's a warning. Everybody else says this. And you would be wise to go along with it. Everyone agrees. Really, it's, it's, it's a very postmodern thing for this messenger to say. Just this once, make your truth match their truth. But the problem is that there's no such thing as your truth, their truth, my truth. There's only the truth. I mean, it's very clear that, that Ahab and these prophets and this messenger, that they, they either don't believe that God is real or they don't believe that He really speaks. It's just all a charade to get what I want. But listen to how Micaiah says in verse 14, As the Lord lives, whatever the Lord says to me, that I will speak. Even after this, this warning that he receives, Micaiah says, I, I can't do that. I can't just speak whatever I want because I'm not speaking my opinion. I'm speaking the truth. I'm speaking what God says, and it is not for me to, to change that. I'm speaking for the Lord. And as He lives, whatever He says, that I will speak. Micaiah is bold. Apparently he has a, a history with Ahab where several times he's come before him, and he has been bold enough, standing before the king, with, with who knows what consequences on the line, to speak the truth, even when it's not the truth that the king wants to hear. This has happened enough times where he's gotten a reputation where the king hates him. And yet once again, with so much on the line, with a warning, he says, I can't just speak what I want. Don't you understand? Whatever the Lord says to me, that I will speak. I can only speak the truth. So he comes to the king. And the king says, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall we refrain? Listen to Micaiah's answer. He says, Go and prosper, for the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. It's funny. He tells the king exactly what the king wants to hear. He tells the king what he's been warned to tell the king, but he does it in a very exaggerated and a very uh, almost mocking sense. Even in this prophecy, he's calling out the king, and the king catches it. 
Because look how he responds. How many times shall I make you swear that you tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? Are you really telling me the truth? But the problem is that the way Micaiah responds is, is you don't want the truth. I told you what you're gonna what you wanted to hear. Jokingly, kiddingly. Because that's what you want. But you want the truth? I'll tell you the truth. Because God has called me to speak the truth, but you don't want to hear it. Really, he's, he's, he's making a point here. The king has said, okay, well, good. For once you told me, that, is, that, is that really it? No, that's not it. Verse 17, he said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let each return to his house in peace. What he's saying here is you're going to be defeated. In fact, you, Ahab, will die. You will leave the, the kingdom of Israel, your subjects, with no shepherd. You're going to go to war, you're going to die, and you're going to be defeated. Look at the king's response. He turns to Jehoshaphat and says, Did I not tell you that he would prophesy, that, that he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil? He always does this. He always says what I don't want to hear. Ahab doesn't value the truth. He could care less about what the truth is. Micaiah then goes on to give this prophesy, prophecy. Revealing what he had seen, what the Lord had revealed to him. How a spirit had gone out to, to, to a lying spirit into these 400 prophets. They are telling you a lie. I'm an eyewitness to it. I've seen it. The king won't hear. And he has Micaiah thrown in jail and punished. In verse 28, Micaiah said, If you ever return in peace, the Lord has not spoken by me. Take heed, all you people. You see, prophecy is not testified, is not, is not tested by, by how it makes you feel. It's tested by its results. If you come back, then you'll know that I'm not speaking the truth. Be warned. Be warned. Listen to the truth and speak the truth. As we come to verse 29 to verse 40, value the truth. Value the truth. In this last section, verses 29 to 40, I'm not going to go through the entire thing, but the gist of it is this. Ahab ignores what is the truth. He ignores the prophecy of Micaiah, and he goes to war. And exactly what Micaiah said comes to pass. 
Ahab dies, Jehoshaphat retreats, Israel is defeated in dramatic fashion. All because Ahab did not value the truth. He would not listen to the truth and he did not surround himself with those who spoke the truth. And brothers and sisters, the application for us in this passage, there's some, some truths, some applications that, that we can apply to ourselves. And that is that we must value the truth. We must listen to the truth and we must speak the truth. The Bible is the Word of God. Second Peter. Second Peter one verses twenty and twenty-one. Knowing this first that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private inter interpretation. No prophecy of scriptures of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The Bible is the word of God. The Bible is truth. God has revealed to us truth in this book. And the truth doesn't change because the one who gives truth doesn't change. You don't have the right to define truth regardless of your circumstances. Regardless of how you feel, you don't have the right to define truth. He's given us the truth in His Word. We must listen. We must speak. We must value truth. And those who value truth listen to the truth and they speak the truth. They listen. They pay attention. They value it when they hear it. Do you value the Word of God? When someone comes to you and then they see a problem in your life and they confront you and, and they do it the right way, lovingly, they take you to scripture and they say, look, this is what it says. And this is what I see in your life. This doesn't match up. Do you get angry at them or do you rejoice that they love you enough to confront you in the truth? Those who value truth, listen to truth even when it hurts. They listen to truth even when it's not what they want to hear. Not only that, but those who value the truth speak the truth. And I think this is where it gets a lot of us, right? Because we'll listen, we'll sit in a sermon, and if we get challenged, if in our devotions we get challenged, we'll, we'll listen, we'll pay attention to that. But when we see a brother or sister in sin, or when we see an issue that needs to be addressed, well, it's not my place. 
If you value the truth, you will speak up. You will speak truth. You'll do it lovingly. You'll do it caringly. You'll do it biblically. But those who value truth not only listen to truth, but they speak truth, regardless of the consequences. I would challenge you this evening from 1 Kings 22. Brothers and sisters, we must value the truth. We must value it enough to listen, and we must value it enough to speak. Let's pray. Father, we praise you this evening for 1 Kings 22, for men like Micaiah, who are bold in their proclamation of the truth, who are willing to stand up and to speak the truth. And Father, as we look at this passage this evening, may we be men and women who value the truth. May we listen to your word, to the authority that, that it has because it is your word. And may we boldly speak the truth wherever we go, whatever the consequences. May we be people who love truth. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.